Shabbos, Perik Tes, the ninth chapter of Shabbos. So the next several Mishnayas are going to take us totally off topic. We're going to leave the discussion of Shabbos altogether, and we will return back in the, the seventh Mishnah, excuse me, the sixth Mishnah of this Perik, talk about Hotzal all over again, same, more of the same, Shirun. But before that, we're going to have a series of Mishnayas that are also going to um, kind of play off the same theme we ended on the last Mishnah, which is, even though we haven't got a conclusive proof from a verse regarding some halachic phenomenon, at least we'll have um, some kind of allusion or remez, a reference or a smachta in a, in a, in a verse that will lend support to some halachic phenomenon. So, totally off topic, there will be one of the Mishnayas that talk about bathing a child um, on the third day after its brismila. So there's some Shabbos talk here, but that's probably very possibly not the issue at all, although Rosh learns it is. Um, whatever the case is, here in, in Mishnah, the first Mishnah of the ninth parak, as well as the next um, five Mishnahs after that, are not talking about Hotza at all. Just we're bringing Psukim that lend support to various issues. So the first one here is talking about Avodazara. Now, Avodazara, the word Avodazara is actually a verb. It means like strange worship, and it refers to the worshiping of an idol, either in the way God is worshiped, those four ways that we worship God is um, bringing animal sacrifice, doing haktara, incense, nisach, libations, or hishtachavaya, bowing down. So one may not do that to an idol. Um, nor can one, as a separate mitzvah, serve the idol in the way it's served. So if there's an idol that has some peculiar way in which it's served, to do that would also be an iser of Avodah But the term Avodah has come to refer also to a noun, meaning the actual idol or totem or whatever icon that we're talking about. So Chazal didn't, of course, want us to even get anywhere near these idolatrous icons and so on. And therefore they ruled that Midrabanan we will treat an object of a Vodazara, an idol itself, as being a source of Tuma, as being Ava Tuma. Now, the Torah only has ten categories of things, ten items that convey Tuma, that are sources for Tuma, original sources of Tuma um, in the Torah. Um, and none of those have anything to do with idol worship. They are um, a Sheretz, a dead Sheretz, Number one, number two, a nevela, the corpus of an animal, the carcass of an animal, I should say. Number three, the mechatas, the paraduma water. Number four, um, shechva zera, seminal fluid. Number five, the zav himself, the person who has this zav emission. Six, the zava, the girl who has her mysterious bleeding. Number um, seven, the nida. Number eight, the yoledes, just the one who gave birth. Number nine, the Tzara'as, which actually comes in three forms. So I call it 9A is the person who's in Matsura, 9B is the house that's a Nugas, and 9C that it's a, a begged, a, a, an article of clothing made of wool or linen that has some sort of weird blue or green, a green or red blotch on it. That's 9. And number 10 is the actual corpse of a human being, or at least a significant portion of a corpse. So those are the 10 sources of things that are Tame in the Torah. Um, there's no mention there of, of idolatrous things. However, Chazal said that idols, the actual totem or icon, the thing itself, should be treated as tummy. Now, to oversimplify, some of the ten things I said before are weaker sources of tumma and some are more potent sources of tumma. 
Although those 10 items can tra collectively transfer to them in a total of seven different ways, Maga, Masa, Heset, Midras, Be'ila, Bia, and Ohel, um, the usual, what is common to all of them is Maga. Maga is direct contact. So if you become, if you, with your baby finger, touch any of those 10 things, the Sheretz, Nevela, Mechatas, etc., so then you become Tummy by direct contact. That is true for all 10 of those things I listed before. So there's certainly, if you, the rabbis would say, if you touch the Midrabun, if you touch an idol, you become tummy. Some of them, however, have a more a potent, are more potent source of tumah, tumah chamura, and they convey tumah even by masa. Masa is indirect contact, where you bear the weight of the tummy thing. So, for example, a sheretz, one of those eight rodents, reptiles, that the Torah lists, when they die, they're sheretz, and they convey tumah to an avatumah. So if you touch a dead rat, etc., you'll become tummy. However, if you have a dead rat in your backpack and you pick up the backpack, since you didn't come to direct contact with the dead rat, you remain tahor, because that is not called maga. That would be called masa, bearing its weight, carrying it. And a chariot does not convey tumah by masa, just as shechvazera, seminal fluid, doesn't convey tumah by masa. But other tumas on the list are more potent and do convey tumah through masa. That means, for example, a novella. If you have a dead horse, so if you have a piece of dead horse, even of, of the meat of a dead horse. So it does convey tumah, and you don't need to touch it directly. If you go into the grocery store, and you pick up in cellophane wrap some pork chops, so even though you never touched any meat, and your hands are clean and dry, by picking up the cellophane wrapped pork chops, you become tame because the pork chops are an avela, and they didn't get proper shrita, and anyways, it's a, it's a pig. Um... So there's no shechita for it. And if you bear its weight, when you carry the flesh of the pig, even though it's wrapped up in a cellophane, you bore its weight, you were noset, you did masa, and therefore um, you'll become tummy. So, yes, that's what masa is. So the question is, if one, when the rabbi said that idols convey tuma, the question is, did they have in mind just the lowest level of tuma, maga, direct contact, or even like the more potent source of tuma that just bearing the weight of a, the idol, meaning if you had an idol in your backpack and you carry the backpack, you'd also become tummy. That's the question. So we're going to bring a a suggested source that would indicate it's not a it's we're not there's no drusha here in the sin of the rice and it's not even a it's just a suggestion that the way the rabbis would have done it would have been to um, according to Rabbi Kiva would have been based on the Tumah Hamura, the bearing its weight. Um, and the reason why is because the Pasuk suggests that a idol is comparable to a Nida. And just as a Nida, if you carry her, even if you don't touch her weight directly, you'll become Tame. Um, so too, if you carry the idol, which is comparable to a Nida, you'll become Tame. That's Rabbi Kivashita. The mission doesn't bring a counter and an, a an, disagreeing opinion. However, there is a contrary opinion of the, of the Chachamim, which is that really an idol is comparable to a, a, a sheket, like a sheretz, a dead animal, which, like in the sheretz, as I said, does not convey tumma by masa. So the halach will be not like this mishnah. Halach is that an idol does not convey tumma by masa, by bearing its weight, only by direct contact. Nevertheless, our mishnah focuses on the limud from the pasuk, or the suggested limud from the pasuk um, that Rabbi Kiva puts forth, that you should compare an idol to anida, and it should convey tumma even by masa, by bearing its weight. So the mishnah says inside, Amar Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, b'masa How do we know? What, where is the verse that would suggest that when the rabbis set up the Durindurabanan, 
that an idol should convey tumah, that they had a mind they should convey tumah also by masa, by bearing its weight, not just by touching it directly. Shneemar, because the Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk from Yeshaya, a different Pasuk in Yeshaya, um, some before some suggest this is coming up here because we had just darshan the previous Pasuk, the previous Mishnah from Yeshaya, just in the same parak. Yeshaya says, Tizrem Kamodava, in reference to idols, he says you should eject those idols like you reject a woman who is a nida. The word dava refers to a menstruating woman. So the same way she is out um, and off limits, so so too would be the idol. Say Tomerla, and you should say, says Yishai, you, the Jew listening to Yishai, should say to your idols, so to speak, unlike to your nida, say, like, get out and never come back. So that's the Pasuk. The point is, you see that we are analogizing a idol to a nida, and therefore Rabbi Kiva says, man nida metama b'masa, just as the nida conveys to Manasha through masa, direct maga, not just through maga, direct contact, but even through masa, bearing its weight, afavodazara metama b'masa, so too it stands to reason that since the vodazara is in the Pasuk comparable to a nida, compared to a nida, therefore it makes sense, it stands to reason, says Rabbi Kiva, that when the Chum said that an idol is a source of Tumah, they would make it the same kind of Tumah that applies to Anida, meaning that Masa should apply just like Maga. But again, the Halachas like the Chachamim, who aren't mentioned here, who say no, based on a different Pasuk um, that compare, compares the idol to a Sheketz, that it's like a Sheretz, like a gross animal, and therefore it only conveys Tumah like a dead Sheretz, dead rat, etc., by direct contact Maga and not by Masa.